Hey, good morning. <clears throat> it's, uh, I think, October the 13th or 14th uh, here in Central Kentucky. Uh, it's Jeremy with the Central Kentucky Christmas Tree Farming Podcast. Um, not a whole, whole lot been going on the last 30 days or, or so. Um, getting ready for fall planting. I know some some people do and some people don't plant in fall. We've kind of had a mixed bag uh, for fall planting. Um, but based on uh, some of the fields that we've prepared and some of the losses that we've had, we, we're definitely planning this fall. Um, ordered, let's see, seedlings-wise, I have some stuff out of the greenhouse that, we, that we've grown either from seed or uh, mainly from, from plugs that we've grown out for one or two extra years. I'm uh, going to plant some of those Nordman out into the field. They're a little bit larger, uh, probably like 16 to 20 inches tall. So we're going to replace some of the canane fir that, that bit it this year because of drought with the Nordman. We found that it looks like, it, you know, after doing inventory now on what's out there, that the Nordman and Turkish definitely uh, – survived better have a lot better looking color through the drought so that's where we're going to be at on that um but we did order some fall transplants i kind of always order fall even if i don't need them worst case is that we pot them and put them in the uh, high tunnel but we we are going to need them this year i I think i ordered like a hundred three plug plus threes which are really a, a mixture of plug two, threes. Um, they're really good uh, from the people we get those from in Pennsylvania. Um, like I said, we've over the years we've had spotty results. There's lots of different you know greenhouses in Pennsylvania and Michigan, but this one place has always been pretty clutch for us in the fall for getting. If you order them a year in advance for getting the larger uh, transplants. To put in, I just use them in small quantities to replace uh, any of them that happen to die. Uh, I typically plant just a three-year-old in the field, but then if it dies or the next year, I'll put in a, a four or five-year-old to try to kind of match what the current field looks like. Um, also ordered from from a greenhouse. We get some plugs. We ordered. We got some plugs, so I. Uh, potted some plugs as well as I ordered some larger plug container stuff that we ordered. Going to try those out. I ordered about a hundred of those. We're going to, we're going to plant some of those side by side with some of the little bit larger older stuff and see if the container stock catches up to the bare root because it's such, it has such more dense root structure, even though it's a smaller, thinner caliper tree uh, typically they're taller. So the canane fir that you get that might be two and a half years old that are in a container from a greenhouse similar to what we grow or what other greenhouses grow, they'll be taller than a bare root transplant. Um, but they're thinner caliper. So I'm going to put them, we're going to put them side by side and monitor them for a year or two and just see how they compare to each other. Uh, pricing wise, um, the container greenhouse stock stuff will be more expensive than bare root, even though it is smaller. So that's kind of why I'm doing the comparison to see 
you know, which one for us is going to work out a little bit more long term as far as what we may buy um, as replacement stock for stuff that dies if we don't have enough inventory in our own uh, high tunnel. So uh, last I left you guys, I think we were doing field prep. I prepped an acre, which I prepped an acre and redone a half an acre field. Um, the acre that I prepped, I think we talked about, we basically, uh, we subsoil those rows with the measurement that we talked about in the last deal. I let it sit. I, uh, due to final amendments after I subsoil it, um, I actually pull some soil samples from the, from the, uh, the slit that it cuts. I pull some soil samples from inside those slits kind of randomly get that tested to see where we're at. Uh, on that whole acre, we still we had a pH uh, a little bit too high, and fertility was uh, kind of down a little bit. So I actually, inside the slit only, uh, which, you know, takes a little bit more work, uh, but it, it's cheaper. So instead of uh, sulfuring, resulfuring the entire field and re-fertilizing the entire field, I actually hand distribute down the the subsoil slit a mixture of sulfur ammonium and ammonium sulfate um, so that we kind of top it off so that it's primed and should be right at where we want it to be in um, in spring for planting uh, for the field that for that acre we actually uh, we went ahead we'll only uh, plant a little over a half of that acre in spring so I went ahead and uh, we went ahead and tilled that in and resubsold that that particular piece and then the other piece um, we actually left just subsoiled and I'll wait till you know summer to do that all that rain and everything kind of just keep that broken up um, and soften it up because it has you know almost an entire year before we plant that piece um, again planting about a thousand a year five you know a thousand a year in two parts. One, the spring part being a little larger than the fall part, I, I order and try to plant about 600 or so in spring and then 400 or so in fall. But in fall, I also order or have that extra 100 or two that we would use for replacements on what may or may not survive in spring. So the goal being to actually have a thousand out of the acre, but you know, in reality, with with what we would lose and stuff we probably even doing that and doing the replacement the year after we probably still only have you know seven to eight hundred for the acre um when it's all said and done uh been planting so we have been planting like i said uh we uh we're doing a replacement planting right now the field that the field that was really bad um we went ahead and subsoiled that and tilled that again and like we talked about we're going to plant in the this particular field we're just going to plant white pine and some norways and just see how they do i think we talked to somebody online and they're they recommended using planting gr uh, green giant arborvitaes um which i'm familiar with because we grow some of them here already for landscape trees um but I've never had anyone ask for that particular tree as a, a U-cut Christmas tree. So I, I'd be hesitant in central Kentucky or just Kentucky in general to grow uh, an Ibervita 
as a Christmas tree, but they're right. They, they will grow in very poor soil. They grow over a foot a year, foot and a half a year. If you look at the row of landscape trees that we've planted, we've got two or three rows of landscape trees that we've planted uh, at the same time as the canane firs that are doing well. Um, they're three times as tall, right? So they grow way faster and they're super, super rich green. So they're a beautiful tree, nice, perfect landscape tree. Uh, just, I don't know. For, for me personally, I, I don't know the value of them as a U-cut um, here in this area of Ken, Kentucky. I know further south, definitely, because they can't grow anything else. I think here, what most people would expect is if you can't grow the fir at all, you would replace it, replace it with a white pine and trim that out, and that, that kind of turns into that tree. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to do. And then, uh, you know, and then we still have several that grow Norway's here. I'm not on board with selling them as a u-cut tree because i don't want the headache of uh babying uh the customer potentially after they they cut it and making sure they recut it when they get home and they put it in water and refill the water every day because the norway is just not going to last as long but it is also a, a really beautiful tree that will grow in a lot more marginal soil again that's why that's our primary landscape tree that we grow um is the norway here and it grows um vigorously a little bit more vigorously than the canane fir uh but it will you know uh 95 survivability rate so it's here on our ground even with the ph unamended so the landscape area that we plant we don't amend the soil for it we'll fertilize it but we don't amend the soil and the norway grows in the seven that seven seven point two ph ground no problem um you know obviously after we we fertilize it annually when we're fertilizing the christmas trees i'll ride through with the tractor and spray as well for the the norways so they get the ammonium sulfate which will which will lower the ph in the ground like over time but we don't i don't amend the soil as far as you know tilling it up and subsoiling it putting the sulfur in and all that stuff in advance it's just it's not needed for that um so still have a box so we're about halfway through the box of the canane transplants that we got from pennsylvania filling them in uh my process on that is we i ultimately i have a uh we're we're also working on some soil amendments here as we go uh, just to try to improve the nutrients and the i guess what's it called the tilth tilth of the soil uh so we partnered with a livestock auction, uh, I guess warehouse you could say. I, I don't know what they're called, but anyway, they have a they have a contractor that cleans out all the stalls uh, every three months, or probably more than that. But every three months, they have enough uh, that they do shipments. So we're going to be, we've already started. We're 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 getting big twenty five to thirty yard loads of. Uh, manure which is really manure and straw and manure and sawdust uh, loads uh, dumped to the to the back of the farm and some some bad some bad ground uh, to make compost the same contractor sells their compost uh, we got a big 30 yard or 25 yard load um, you know it's it's only I think 250 bucks so it's pretty cheap here in our area but I, I get the I'm sorry it was three hundred dollars and uh but I can get the raw load 
25 or 30 yard container. I can't remember what they deliver, but I can get the raw load of manure that basically is anywhere between one and three months old from the stockhouse stockyard uh, for $100. And that includes the delivery, right? So anytime they clean it out, they're going to give me one load. So I'll have in a matter of a year or two, I'll probably have several hundred yards of uh, composting manure that we're going to, that we, we're going to start spreading on some of these fields, kind of like you would for a hay field or something. We're going to, we're going to spread manure and compost and compost it best we can. Uh, because inside the rows every year, when we have downtime, if you know, if you have downtime, you've got kids, uh, we actually drive through and we spread by hand, you know, composted chips and compost and compost itself. Um, to try to incre- increase the uh, the value of the soil, every, you know, every little bit helps. Um, but when we plant, I actually, uh, like I said, we'll use a, we'll either, depending on the ground and how much water rain we've gotten, which we haven't gotten much rain here. So the spade, I really can't use the spade much right now because it's, the ground is so hard after the top three or four inches. I use the uh, hand-powered auger, which has a I think a seven or an eight inch bit on it. Anyway, I'll put two big shovelfuls of compost uh, on the ground, right? Uh, not in the hole. So I'll put it on the ground where we're going to dig the hole. Like we pull out the dead tree and I'll, put, I'll, I'll fill that whole area with compost. And then I'll post hole uh, drill an auger hole straight through that. So what that does is it... Uh, if you don't know, you you wouldn't want to put even even the best compost, right? You wouldn't want to just fill a hole, especially clay soil around here. You wouldn't want to dig a hole and then backfill it with compost, right? You you wouldn't want more than like a fifteen percent ratio, fifteen percent ratio of compost to natural soil. So I don't actually amend the hole at all, like per se. Uh, again, I will pile up two or three shovelfuls of compost. Uh, on the hole that we're getting ready to dig, then we'll post hole dig straight through that. So when it's digging the hole, it's actually mixing in the natural soil with the compost so that when you're filling the tree back in, you're really filling in, you know, uh, it's just a good mixture of uh, compost and soil. Uh, I just try not to put too much so that it's not too light and airy compared to the soil around it. Otherwise, you'll have... uh, ultimately like a cup it'll hold it'll hold more water than you want uh, obviously you want it to hold water during the drought times but you don't want it to hold water during the spring when it's heavy rains and it holds water too much and you'll um you actually drown your trees in the spring but you won't know it until late summer right they'll die and you'll be like oh the drought killed my trees like well the drought might have killed your trees but the, your trees you know actually died during the spring because they got dr- they were drowned and then you see the effects two or three months later in the summer because of the the drastic change between being super wet and then super dry. Anyway, that's what we're doing now. We're filling in trees. Um, got about 150 trees left to plant. Got some plugs to up pot. We've got two or three hundred canane fir that uh, we will up pot. And then again, we, we do the chestnut trees here for uh, wildlife food plots that people buy. So we uh, we got all that going. We're upsizing those from uh, an eight-inch tree pot to a three-gallon. Um, and that's it. And I'll catch you guys next time. Have a good season.